From KOSU, you're listening to Songwriters and Tour Writers. I'm Matthew Viriapa, and this episode is hip-hop artist Original Flow. I'm sorry that I couldn't be the person that you want. These women say they love me, but they steady puffing smoke. His latest album is Black Man Kid Boy, whose title highlights his experience growing up, contrasted with now. You're dealing with the same situations as a child as you are as an adult. But now, as an adult, you realize um, these things are only affecting people that look like you. While making this record, he lost his mother due to cancer and was on the verge of actually giving up music. But he now calls this album some of his best work. He talks to me about how her passing affected him, writing songs in his car, and much more. That right after this. Hi, Matthew again. I just wanted to let you know about KOSU's upcoming year-end pledge drive. Since the pandemic, I've recorded all of these interviews remotely from a home studio, which is a closet surrounded by pillows and one or two stuffed animals. But it was only thanks to listener support that I was able to set up the equipment and continue to cover what it's been like for musicians during this crazy year. KOSU is seeking your donations to fund this podcast and everything else KOSU brings you. So please, if you can give, head over to KOSU.org and click donate. I am Original Flow. I'm a hip-hop artist. I also do poetry. Uh, I like to put events together. Overall, I just like to uh, enjoy doing music and and spreading a positive message to inspire people to to make a a positive uh, change on the world. And that's what I do. Yeah, uh, you recently did this Unity OKC kind of uh, event where you put out this music video, which was a collaboration between a lot of different, you know, artists in uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I was approached by uh, my professor, uh, my old professor, Derek Brown, uh, from the Flaming Lips. Um, He contacted me and said, hey... I have something that you might be interested in. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and he was contacted by uh, Alexander, uh, the director of the Philharmonic uh, here in OKC. Um, and they were looking for uh, some artists uh, to do a song about unity. Um, they really didn't have an idea of <laughs> what that was. It was just like, hey, let's do a song. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I was contacted, and through that, I decided uh, we would, you know, work together and and figure out what that looks like. Um, You know, they sent us some examples. Uh, A lot of the stuff was very kumbaya-ish. We are the world. Yeah, we are the world. I'm just like, no, like, that's not, I mean, clearly that song was ineffective, because look at where we're at now. I wanted something like, you know, all you know, all due respect to you know the wonderful creators of those songs. It didn't hit the core problems um, that we're facing. I personally didn't want to follow the trend of a kind of like a false ideology of what uh, unity looks like. Um, to me, it looks like everyone actually working together to find a solution instead of saying we already have one. Let's hug it out. And that's what we ended up coming up with. We ended up talking about the the problems that's happening now and 
addressing those issues. And at the end, we're like, hey, so, you know, let's all come together and decide what's happening. You know, that's what I feel like uh, what the overall message was with the song. It's like, you know, we have the power to change all of us uh, when we want to come together, when we want to work together. Um, this is this is the uh, the idea of what true unity looks like, is that we are dealing with uh, the same type of oppression uh, that's happening in America, being judged by the color of our skin, religion, uh, nationality, all those things. Um, and we come together with that common purpose to want to change that so everyone can feel comfortable when they come to America. And I feel like it's important that we uh, that we understand that each individual uh, is a human life and it should be, you know, treated as such. And I think that was one of the, the biggest premises for me for the song was to talk about um, the importance of human life. Um, and it should not be mistreated uh, just based off of uh, skin complexion. It was really, it was a really inspiring quest uh, to create that song. We went through a lot of bumps in the road, but I feel like overall, it was worth it. It was worth the the, the small battles behind the scenes uh, to create something so beautiful. I got love for my people. But it's hard when you don't see me as an equal Your sign is mad lethal I bruise and I bleed you Yeah, and here's the evidence But they still don't believe you Wow I'm an advocate for human life We fighting just to breathe Then and eyes for speaking up We choose to take a knee Our schools lack the funds We ain't getting what we need Surviving mental slavery With knowledge make us free had a few cooking sessions uh when we were trying to decide you know okay where are we going to go with the song how are we going to go about it so we jammed out a little bit and once we had kind of a solid idea we really just created um what we felt from our hearts and we wrote from our hearts um and once we got the chance to hear that all together it was just like a beautiful uh a beautiful feeling yeah uh, i think you just kind of added a degree of seriousness to a song that is supposed to be about that kind of unity. Uh, I guess moving on to like this newest album, Black Man Kid Boy, I heard you say that this is the blackest album you had ever made. Could you talk more about that? Yeah, so uh, the reason why I say that is because this is specifically targeted towards uh, me as a black man in America. That's why I say this. It's the the blackest album I made. Like every other project I've done, um, has been a a story uh, about what I've experienced. But I've never um, just put it all together uh, cognitively into one project. And this is like my first time talking about my story and being a black man in America and dealing with the things that I've dealt with. You know, I was told at a very early age when I was a kid that I would, I talked intelligently, um, but the way they would explain things is like, oh, he talks like a white guy. He speaks like a white kid. So 
Um, so speaking, I guess, black would be that of lack of intelligence. And, you know, as a kid, it really upset me because, you know, I was just someone who really was into uh, words and I really liked words. So I would use all these uh, big words uh, when I was younger, not to impress people, just because I just liked words. And, you know, just to be compared uh, based off of my skin color is something I couldn't fathom as a child. And then growing up, I finally understood you know, people were making that distinction because, you know, of the systemic racism in America. <laughs> you know, like uh, people don't really get a chance to see it until they actually have lived um, in that type of world uh, to where your skin complexion um, really determines who they want you to be uh, in America. Um, and it doesn't define you at all. And uh, me as a kid growing up, I was a, a nerdy kid. You know, I didn't really care about what my skin complexion, you know, was. And I didn't know I was being judged because of that. I didn't know I was judged because of my skin complexion. But stuff like that, you know, uh, created this ideology of a black man kid boy. It made you know me, who I who I am, um, and talking about these stories and talking about my life experience up until this point now I'm living now um, was really important for me with this album, and that's why I started off with the story. Um, you know, I wasn't the typical uh, what people would presume as you know a black kid. You know, I wasn't really into sports, and I didn't really like sports games. I you know I was studying martial arts and. I love like RPGs, like Final Fantasy and all that kind of stuff and anime. And, you know, so I was always looked at differently. Like, what is this kid? You know, you know, luckily I had, um, you know, my parents around who, you know, just took me in regardless. They accepted me regardless of how the rest of the world perceived me as. And, you know, I had them just kind of stabilize myself, you know, through this crazy world. But that's what really helped. Um, kind of write um, Black Man Kid Boy and that's why I say it's the blackest album that I've created so far because it's very um, focused on my Black experience um, and the things that I've seen and things that I've witnessed or the things I've dealt with um, as a kid and as an adult so far. Is this an album that you wish you had listened to as a kid going through that that kind of experience? Hell yes. I feel like, uh, you know, if anything, like that probably would have helped my direction a little bit more to know there was someone that was just like me, um, you know, that wasn't so into like I felt like such an outcast, uh, you know, within, you know, my own community sometimes because, you know, I wasn't into, like I said, sports and all that stuff and you know, like everything else I did was like, you know, people weren't willing to learn about me. And it just kind of made me upset because, like, for a while, I felt like the only reason, like, people want to fool with me is because I did rap. There was a story of a man who tried to go and risk it all. His problems kept on coming. They'd be laughing when he fall. He was always in them games. And he never liked the ball. They said he wasted all that hate. Guess he shouldn't be so tall. He was mad, hella shy. 
And I just happened to really like words and to put them together. Like I started off with poetry. Um, and a lot of the words I learned was playing from those RPGs and like, uh, you know, reading some of those books and, you know, learning about those things. I just really liked words and I put them together. But people wouldn't want to learn about everything else I do. Masking all that pain. Nobody understood him. They just thought he wanted fame. He was searching for himself. So it was just one of those uh, those things that I would have hoped, you know, to have ran into as a child, you know, so I can like, oh man, that gives me hope. That gives me uh, a, a sense of belonging. Uh, even though I was around everyone, um, I didn't feel like I was um, accepted by anyone. Not a damn thing changed. Guess he never tried to stop. Guess he learned from his pops how to go. It wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. So rapping and hip-hop was kind of your way of connecting with a community? Yeah, I think it was because, like, I was going through the same stuff that everyone else was, except I was just a nerd in, in those situations. You know, I was living on the Northeast side when it was not pretty. Um, there was prostitution, uh, meth labs, dog fights, crackheads, gang violence, um, all that stuff. I was living in that too. Um, you know, but I'm still a nerd. Like, I'm firing up. Uh, Final Fantasy on the third disc on my PlayStation, you know, meanwhile, you know, there's like gangbangers like driving down the street. And like, I lived in that world too, but I didn't, it didn't affect me the way uh, it affects a lot of other people. I just decided to talk about it. I decided to express it uh, in a way I felt uh, was, was necessary. And yeah, it was that way for me to communicate uh, with the community and talk about these experiences that I've went through and say, hey, yeah, I've experienced these things too. There's another path you can go on to. You don't have to be a part of that. You can um, actually create a better world for yourself um, so we don't escape the hood and we elevate the hood um, so a kid doesn't have to experience the things that I've seen before. And even worse for a lot of other kids all over the world. You know, I consider myself blessed uh, for not going through those things um, but I want to be a voice um, that can help inspire those people to want to change, to want to be a part of that change, uh, to want to help their communities. Was your dad also an MC? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. My dad's he was an MC, and um, he it was surprisingly because he never tried to force any of that on me. Like he never like was like, "Yo, son, you gonna rap? You gonna rap less like your dad? That's it." You know. <laughs> Uh, he never tried to do that and it's surprising but he saw that I liked music and I was really involved in it like I loved to write poetry and I was struggling with words and so he uh, introduced me to like all these giant dictionaries that I've never seen before like I've always had the small dictionaries but he pulls out this international world version of the dictionary so I'm finding all kind of cool words and I'm just putting them together. And like, he was just supporting what I was already inspired to do. Um, but he never was like, maybe we should rap like this. Maybe we should rap like that. Like he never, he never did that. He would, you know, give me good advice. Um, if he felt like I wasn't trying enough or, 
um, that I wasn't putting 100% behind it. Uh, the biggest thing that that helped me change uh, me as an artist was one of the biggest things um, that he had said, I'll never forget it. He said, son, one day people are going to listen to your words and they're going to interview you and they're going to ask you what these words mean to you. And if you don't have anything to say, then you're going to look like a fool. And because of his, uh, because of his wisdom, like he helped me really define who, you know, original flow is um, to speak from my heart and to speak from my experiences. So that way I can always speak truthfully and I can always speak um, uh, to the people that really need to hear it. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you grow up knowing that he was an MC or did you hear any of his, I don't know if he recorded anything, but did you hear him like rap at all? Yeah. Um, we actually got a song. Uh, we got two songs together, actually. Um, some of my older work, uh, Flow Mentality Volume 3, um, he featured on two songs. He's singing on one, and then he's rapping on another with me. And it was probably the coolest uh, father-son thing um, <laughs> that a lot of people could talk about. He has like his own thing, and um, that's why I respected him for it because it's 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 very old school, um, but it is it's uniquely different uh, from the old school that we're used to hearing. Who begat this blackness that I inhabit? I tried to feed my soul, but they say I couldn't have it. Oppression rolling faceless and graceless, but the key in my reality is individuality. Way past this pretense, left of assumption. Well, it was really dope because you know I. I'm inspired from, you know, inspired from my dad because he he was a big nerd, too, and he loved words uh, just as much as I do. And uh, we also write poetry and stuff. And, like, he still writes poetry. He still writes um, and creates, you know, poems. I've heard all his all his old stuff uh, that he let me hear. Like, he, you know, he was actually getting out there. Like, he got a chance to meet Queen Latifah, and he met Ice Cube, and... Uh, you know, in their prime. So it was like a real big moment, like when Queen Latifah was like blowing up and she had her own crew, the Flavor Unit, and Ice Cube had just left NWA. So he was like super uh, noteworthy. Like it was just um, those awesome things. And he got a chance to open up for uh, Ice Cube and that was super dope. He got a chance to meet him. You know, he had um, some some local fame here and it's just it was just awesome to to hear those stories about my dad because like he's such a reserved person and like come to himself a lot so it was interesting to like that you was actually on crowds and like rapping in front of people uh, i kind of want to ask about like the the time frame that you wrote this this latest album were they all really recent songs uh no not all of them were recent um it took me about three years to develop this album um in total a lot of some of the stuff uh like this the title song Black Man Kid Boy was a combination of like new stuff and like I pulled uh from some of my poetry as a child um when I was growing up in a, in that side of town and I kind of elaborated with my lyrics. Uh Mama's Love, I wrote that one um about a year and a half ago. Um it was the song was originally supposed to be a tribute to both my mom and my dad. 
um, but I changed the lyrics around um, due to the loss of my mom last year. And uh, I wanted to dedicate the song exclusively to her and um, the experiences that I've had with her. But um, like uh, Shoot 'em Up, I had to shoot 'em up like maybe like a year ago, a year and a half ago. And then I did uh, Do What We Want. I did that one. I wrote that one maybe like two years ago. Um, and it was just waiting for a good home. <laughs> and so it finally found its way there. And, um, but like, that's why I say it took about three years to develop because I was really, uh, pulling from a lot of the, uh, the writing that I did, um, and gave it like a nice home. Do you mind if I ask how the passing of your mother affected you and, uh, your music? Oh yeah, man. I was, uh, <clears throat> I don't mind at all. I think, uh, that's probably the biggest motivator uh, to continue to do music. I was actually about to quit. I was going to stop doing music entirely. And that's another reason why it took so long, um, you know, to have this album out. The album was supposed to come out last year and then everything happened. And then um, I went into like a really deep depression uh, for everything. And it was, it was about to be like the end for me. Like I was just about to be done completely. And, um, you know, I was having a conversation with my sisters and it was after my mom had passed. And, uh, they said that they had, uh, <clears throat> it was somewhat of like a dream. And like my mom had visited them, uh, and basically, she said, you know, y'all need to look out for each other um, and to make sure that um, that I was continuing working on my music. And that was like the same day that I was talking about quitting. So it was a very spiritual moment for me. And I was really excited about that because it let me know that like, <clears throat> even like, like after my mom's passing, like she was still looking out for me. And it just... It just lit up my entire existence. Ain't nothing like your mama's love. 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 my dreams even when nobody else believed what I could do he was always pushing me forward I'll never forget that thank you mom Bold and resilient, shining gold in the brilliance From a toes to the ceiling, my soul get the feeling You showed me forgiveness, you showed me how to love who I am You even showed me how to love the fam I'm a better me because of you You wanted all my dreams to come true I can't say it enough, I love you I can't say it enough, I love you And I got up and <clears throat> through that moment I just continued to to work on the project and I just didn't stop I didn't stop until we were done um, it was like uh, I don't know it was like a re-energization of 
of who I was. And, uh, you know, she made me strong again. So it was just an awesome feeling uh, to <clears throat> want to hit back into the studio and work on my work on my album and, and get everything done. Coming up after the break, Original Flow talks about working with producer Peace, Love & Beats and the process of writing this album. Hey, if you're a listener of the show and want to tell us your thoughts about the podcast, maybe your favorite episodes this year, and some other artists that you think should be on, uh, let us know. You can reach me at matthew at ksu.org. I'm always looking for new music and artists to listen to. Now back to the show. So you had done this like series of uh, commentary and you know interview videos uh, with fans where you you kind of broke down each song on this album, uh, and in and in doing that, did you discover anything uh, about this album that you you hadn't really thought about before? Yeah, I was uh, I was interested interested in some of the choices that people chose. Um, like my conversation with Lately uh, from my good friend Artifacts, he's a fellow MC. He was telling me about the stuff that he had went through, and I initially, when I created this song, I didn't think it was going to affect people like that. I was just venting about how I was feeling, you know, with my mom going through everything she was going through and writing while I was going through that depression, writing while I was going through that stress, uh, you know, and creating this this song. I wasn't thinking about okay, this is going to help a lot of people. I was just like, man, I'm trying to get this out. And I didn't realize that it was like helping other people realize that they was going through depression um, and to have something relatable to listen to. Um, and then once that clicked in my head, like I wanted to to help people as much as possible with the song, um, thinking in my head, well, maybe if they listen to this, maybe they can actually address what's actually happening to them and they can go get some help if they need it, you know. Um, I'm glad that I was able to, you know, have that. Um, Another one was uh, the spoken word angry black man. And I spoke to uh, one of my friends, Aaliyah. Um, She, you know, was thankful that I had mentioned uh, women uh, within that rant um, from the spoken word. And she was, was like, um, you know, as a woman, I feel like, you know, we always get left out of the conversation when it comes to uh, oppression that's happening uh, to black people as a whole. Um, as a black woman, you know, she feels like she always gets left out of the equation. And she was thankful that I had included, you know, uh, the struggle of black women as well. And that was one thing I didn't think about either because I was just considering, um, you know, my family, I come from a lot of strong black women uh, from my family. And I was thinking about them, but I wasn't thinking of how, once again, how it would affect um, everyone around me. Um, and for her to to kind of tune into that, it made me realize the, the impact of uh, that spoken word and to know what I could actually do with it um, in a positive light. And it actually reaches out to uh, more than... Um, what I assumed at first. Why did you decide to add um, these these poems to the album? Um, it's who I am. Um, I started off with a spoken word. I started off with poetry. And that's like the very base, um, you know, characteristic of myself. Like I started off writing poetry in, in words. Um, so it, 
had every right to be a part of this project. Um, Angry Black Man didn't come until later. Um, I wasn't going to add that to the uh, the roster. It was another spoken word, but I felt like that one was more impactful. Um, and it was talking about, you know, how I was feeling right then and there. You don't know how it feels to be hated and killed. Screaming here in 500 shrills for 500 years. Hatred manifesting the black fear. And humane atrocities forged for black tears. You still don't want to hear. Turn my culture into clowns. Taking babies in the water. And that was just the start of all the blood and deception America's a part of. Shooting all our leaders. You know we ain't got no father. And so I had, once I left the studio, I was writing... I wrote uh, from the studio and all the way to my house. Like I have finished um, that spoken word. And this is very raw. It's very real. It's very honest um, on how I was feeling. And it just made me upset um, to see uh, so much ignorance be accepted in America and why people are being mistreated. So I had to. I had to speak up on how I felt about that, and I added it to the uh, the album. Yeah, was that a a spoken word that you had just written like earlier this summer? I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, so like we were recording another song, and I was leaving the studio, and you know, obviously scrolling through Instagram and social media and stuff, and I just started really thinking. I was like, man, like it just makes me so upset that you know this is. This is what I have to see. I have to see this. Um, you know, when I'm on my social media, I'm seeing people get killed. I'm seeing uh, so much injustice happening all over the world. And I'm just I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of uh, people, you know, calling my life, you know, political statement. And it's not, uh, you know, a real thing that's happening. I'm tired of being tokenized. I'm tired of being uh, manipulated. Uh, for a political agenda, you know, I'm tired of all that. I just want to be treated like a human being. And I just started thinking about all this stuff and it just made me so upset and I just had to write it out. I had to stress it, um, how I really felt. And I went into the studio the next time we showed up, I think it was like the next week. And I was like, hey, make sure you turn the mic down a little bit. I'm, I'm going to start screaming. <laughs> like, all right. So that's that's what happened. Um, I just got fed up and that was just my uh, way to vent um, and to get it out. Who is us? The mad black women who get no love and respect. Every outcry gets to deflect. Or the strong black men we seem to neglect. You manipulate the rope around the neck. Turn a king to a thug. While the prince takes the slug, the queen to the mistress. Princess too young to wear the lipstick. Turn up missing, shoulder shrug. You know, during like particularly hard times, like uh, you know your your mother passing away, does that uh, affect like your ability to write? Like, do you do you need to take a moment to just kind of like take it all in, or are you able to just like capture that emotion and just put it on the page immediately? Well, that was um, that's interesting that you said that. That was actually one of the things that we had talked about um, uh, in my one-on-one discussions with my fans. Um, it was about the phone lately. 
up and away, dumbstruck and amazed, numbed up to the face that summed up my day. I just can't escape. I wanna leave this place. This life is giving me chase. I had asked him that same question, but this was probably it was uh, lately was probably the first song I ever did. Um, uh, right as I was feeling the emotion um, to create the song. The rest of them were experiences that I've had um, in the past and the things that I had hoped for to happen in the future, um, but it wasn't written as I was feeling those emotions. It was just like an afterthought of what I had experienced or what I had hoped for. Um, but lately was one of those uh, things that was like, that's why I said lately I've been stressing even my depression, like I was going through it as I was writing this song, and it just turned out to be the hook. Lately, I've been stressing, deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. Yeah. Lately, I've been stressing, deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. You know, it was just a very real uh, and vulnerable moment for me uh, to experience you know, what I was going through and to actually write it at the same time. Probably one of the hardest songs I've ever written. I want to be left alone in my bed, at my home. Don't hit me up, don't call my phone. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Want to be left alone in my bed, at my home. Don't hit me up, don't call my phone. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Lately, I've been stressing, deep in my depression. Falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. Looking at the kind of the different tracks that you have, it, it feels like there's a timeline here that documents, you know, the the kind of different levels of grieving that you were going through. You know, like lately, like the music video for that is, you know, basically just you laying in bed. And then you end on this song, Best Life, which um, I think it seems like Best Life, the music video, kind of picks up where lately ends because... Uh, you're jumping out of bed, except this time you're you're a lot more energized and happy, and you're actually going around town and stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, it was a complete transition because that's exactly how I felt. Um, it was a transition of you know my darkest times to where I didn't think I would ever get out of bed to like I am getting out of bed. Uh, I'm attempting to live my best life. That's the thing that I wanted to do. Um, but also keep in mind that it was a very realistic view of that. It was something that I had wanted to do. And um, it's something that I had dreamed of, uh, of just like having all of my problems just lifted away. Let's go. I'm just trying to kick it with the best life. Yeah. I'm just trying to kick it with the best life. Woke up, I'm feeling all right. Woke up, I'm feeling all right. I'm not trying to kick it with the best life. Yeah. I'm not trying to kick it with the best life. Woo. Woke up, I'm feeling all right. Woke up, I'm feeling all right. Like, damn, I'm alive. Uh. This city be gritty, I'm glad to survive. Glad to survive. Walking in darkness and finding the light. Finding the light. The struggle and strife. Gotta keep up with the fight. Battling, trying to do right. There was another layer of, of depth behind the video as well. So... Um, I wear red in the video um, to represent my mom. My mom's, her favorite color was red. Uh, and every time I wear it, I think of her. And so I had uh, a red jacket on and a red background and all that stuff. And it was 
like uh like I was taking her spirit with me um and you know sharing that happiness with the rest of the city the rest of the world um and my triumph of you know finding my best life or finding my happiness once again but if you also look at the video at the end I'm still in bed um and like the camera zooms back out um as a symbolism of you know I haven't got there yet um, but I will find my true happiness and I will be able to wake up um, for the first time and, and actually be able to share that. But until that point, I'm still in bed. And I think that's kind of given how this year is. It's the headspace I feel like most people are in right now. Just you know what you you want to be, but this is where you kind of are right now. Yeah, exactly. Who ended up being the producer for this album? Was it all just you self-producing, or no? Um, I have to. I have to give all the credit to P.O.B. making hits, Peace, Love, and Beats. Um, that's my bro. That's my best friend. I've been knowing him uh, since uh, elementary school, and we've been best friends uh, since that time. Uh, fights and all, and you know that dude uh, is is an amazing um, producer, um, great father. And he's just a good all-around person. And um, when we got together for this project, it was the first project that we ever decided to work on because, you know, life finally aligned itself. Um, the funny thing is, is that it's probably some of our best work. And, you know, we're really excited just to see how many people were either tearing up, hearing the album, you know, crying their way through it, uh, just relating to the song. Um, it's a very beautiful album and we shed tears together listening to the album and like just seeing it uh, in totality. It's just a beautiful thing. So how did that, uh, I guess, process go? So um, basically, uh, Black Man Keyboard, the title song, really set the, the tone for the entire album. Uh, P.O.B. was trying to just get an idea or a sense of where I was going, where my direction was, um, because when you hear Black Man Kid Boy, you had to create the uh, the idea, the character behind it. And that's what we really did um, with Black Man Kid Boy, the title album. I mean, the title song, it just defined everything after that. Oh, my. That was the first song that we had completed um, before we continued. And we're like, okay, we're going to use this sound. And he's like, okay, now I know, like, this is going to work. Like, we both looked at it, and that happens to be, like, his favorite song on the album um, because it, he, it's just so relatable. And then for us to just sit there and just listen to that song over and over again, we're like, yeah, this is it, this is it. And we just decided to go from there and just, you know, create around this um, this beautiful song and it just turn into an album. <laughs> you said that it was a song where you had actually taken some raps uh, you had written as a kid. Uh, what were those kind of raps? Well, it was a poem. So um, I talk about... Uh, Looking in the mirror on the second verse. 
It's parts of life where you got mad time to think. Looking in the mirror, both hands on the sink. Like, um, and I talk about, uh, you know, prostitution um, on the third verse. Feeling headed down, but I had to keep my face up. Women on the corner, mass pain with their makeup. Praying for release, like, Lord, please take us. These are from my uh, my poems as I wrote as a kid, and I just I just stole some of the words uh, from them. They were uh, inspired um, from those poems that I wrote as a child um, when I was actually in those situations. And it was the first time I had you know heard someone get beat, and it was like a pimp and a prostitute kind of situation. I was playing my favorite video game. I'm on the third disc and I'm just chilling and all of a sudden I just hear this woman getting beat senselessly. Uh the cops getting called and stuff and they're arresting this guy and I'm a young guy. Um I was in middle school and just hearing hearing that stuff like really affected me. Um and I had to write those things down. I had to write it down so I wrote it in poetry form. You know, I wasn't rapping at that time. Uh, to that degree, and I didn't know if people would really accept something like that, so I just wrote it down, you know, but luckily, like, it was stuff that, like, those books are all old and moldy now, but, you know, I had those those poems in my head, and I just borrowed from those, and I added it to um, this album, because I felt like it, it fit perfectly, because Black Man Kid Boy is me as a child. The song is me as a child. That's why I'm just that black man kid boy. And I say I don't really know much because it's me experiencing these things, these real situations as a child. And it's it's leading on to the idea of, you know, uh how children they still don't know a lot. They experience so much. Yeah, I was gonna ask you what does the title of that song and album kind of mean to you? So Black Man Kid Boy, um, it could mean a lot of things for different people, but for me, it's it's literally like my experience, you know, um, as a black man. Um, I get treated as a child sometimes because, you know, that is part of the oppression that we deal with to belittle the black man. Um, and as a child, I experienced a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have um, as a kid. Um, i.e. prostitution, drug violence, gun violence, police violence, all those things um, as a kid. So it, it's like a it's like a combination of both of those worlds where as an adult, I should be able to see those situations and know how to deal with them. And as a kid, I'm dealing with those same situations that's happening. Um, and that is like a black kid growing up in America you're dealing with the same situations as a child as you are as an adult. Um, but now as an adult, you realize um, these things are only affecting people that look like you. And that's where the issue comes. I'm just that black man kid boy, boy. I'm just that black man kid boy, boy. I'm just that black man kid boy. I don't really know much. I don't really know much.
where did you write some of these songs? I, uh, all the new ones, I pretty much wrote everything in my car. Um, <laughs> uh, I wrote every single thing in my car, pretty much. While driving? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote uh, the lyrics in my car um, as I'm driving to work, uh, as I'm leaving from work. Uh, as I'm going to the studio, as I'm leaving from the studio, is just some for some reason, it's something about my car um, for this album that I just had to write. I just had to write in my car. I don't know why. It's just it's something about it. I would just get it really excited when I got in my car. Like I would get up extra early to go to work and just sit in my car for like a good thirty to an hour, um, you know, just writing and, and creating ideas. It's just something about it. Was it just like sitting in traffic and typing on your phone or something? Yeah, or just driving on the highway recklessly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm tall, so I was able to use my knees <laughs> and steer, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it was just one of those things that I had to, it was just one of those processes that I had to do. It just inspired me so much to, to write within my, uh, within I guess it was just like a safe space for me, something I could look at the world and I can write, um, you know, within this little space. I used to just write in my room and create stuff, but then for some reason for this album specifically, exclusively, I wrote the lyrics in my car. Um, some, I would write the entire song from the beginning of me uh, going to work and then leaving from work, I would have a full song done. Are you listening to anything? I'm listening to the beat. I'm listening to the beat playing, um, and I'm just writing. Do you have anything else down the pipeline? Uh, anything coming up next? Oh, yeah. I'm working on stuff like 24-7. <laughs> um, I do have a, uh, there is a talk of uh, Black Man, Kid Boy. Um, Number two, um, that obviously that has to come out. Um, but I am working on a few EPs, one with my band, um, another small EP called um, It's the Little Things That Count. Um, and I am working on a few singles on the way as well. It's the celebration of my graduation. Um, that single is going to be coming out to celebrate success um, and the idea of success. But yeah, I'm working on like a crap ton of stuff. So, yeah, just just be looking out. Are you going to be graduating from um I don't know, college or No. So, I already graduated, but um I have this weird thing because like I wanted to talk about how um at least I'm only speaking from my perspective. Um but as a black man, like getting into college is like the success part. Um, what you do with that college degree is like kind of like an additive, but like actually getting into college and like accomplishing it is like considered like a really big thing um, in our community because, you know, of all the stipulations that's been done on black people. And, you know, it was just this weird like sensation that I had, like when I graduated, everyone was like crying and like, you know, real excited and hugging and everything like that. But when I told everyone I finally got my LLC, 
uh, for my own company. I'm now a CEO of my own company, my own business. I got like a, oh, well, you know, that's cool. You know, and it's kind of hurt my feelings because I'm like, guys, this is real success. This is like me accomplishing something from nothing. Like I'm creating my own uh, identity. I own this. This is something that I own um, versus like graduating. And now I can get the chance to work for someone who probably didn't even go to college or will never even look at my, uh, you know, my information anyway, you know, because my name looks too black. You know, so I just I wanted uh, my family to see the other side of, of things. It's like, hey, look, this is what success looks like for real. Like you own your stuff, you own your own stuff. Um, and, you know, you can go and get that. To me, releasing an album or releasing an EP is like a graduation because you're putting money, you're putting time, you're putting effort into it, um, struggles day and night to try to figure out how to get through, you know, each one of the songs or each one of these classes and you finally get it done. You finally release it. You finally get that diploma or you finally get the finished product product of this album, this EP, a single, and you send it out to the world. Um, and I want to show them like, this is the same sensation that I want y'all to feel like when I'm releasing an album or if I'm graduating, you know, with honors. I want you guys to be there clapping and cheering and crying and laughing and hugging um, because this is something that took a lot of effort and a lot of money and a lot of time uh, to create. And I want that same kind of um, that same kind of love and that same kind of appreciation for for that work. It sounds really exciting. And I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, whenever it drops. Yeah, it's going to be dope. <laughs> yeah. Find out more about Original Flow at KOSU.org, as well as the full list of songs that were played in this episode. Songwriters and Tour Writers is a production of KOSU and the service of Oklahoma State University. Our editor is Ryan McCroy, and our cover art was created by Terry Ferris. You can find Songwriters and Tour Writers wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Variapa. Bang. Another one gone, another lost soul, they ain't never coming home. Another black face, what could he done wrong? Another black name brought up in a song. Another grandmother heard a son die alone. Another death sentence called in from a phone. You hear the ring, John? You hear it? I am not losing myself. I was in Bowman, no wealth. Killers be hiding still.